question. How good are you at seeing a situation and then just on the spot examining it, analyzing it, seeing the strengths, the weaknesses, the, the attack, the threat, you know, the, the possibilities, explaining that, making sense of that, moving forward with that, and then just bringing it to this tidy, wonderful place of completion. Is that a strength of yours? Or, or there, I know there's others that when they find themselves in a situation, they wait. They wait and they, they just kind of let the situation ride out because they want to see how this is going to come to a conclusion and then they'll act at the end. But what if that situation is completely cloaked in chaos? What if that situation brings about a pain and a panic that you, who have these wonderful skill sets, now you find yourself just paralyzed, not knowing how to respond? Do you still trust those abilities of yours when that happens? Do you still find a way to see clearly when, when all that around us is just the clouds of uncertainty? What if that situation isn't just pain? What if that situation is life and death? Do you still trust those analytical skills? How do we go about knowing what to do in every situation in life? There's very few situations where we can sit that one out. There's very few situations where we can say, ah, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and hide my head in the sand in this one and let this one be what it'll be. This series that we are on is called Hearing from God. And we are talking about learning to hear from God, learning to experience Him so that we can know how to respond as God wants us to respond. See, and notice I didn't say respond correctly or respond appropriately or, or respond whatever. Because there's, with every situation, there's a dozen ways we could handle that situation. But how does God want us to handle the situations? How does God want us to handle these difficult times? You ready for today's big nugget of truth? Here's today's big nugget of truth. I should have made like a really, like a flashing graphic, like a billboard. Today's big nugget of truth. Here it is. To hear and know and do the will of God, we must deny self and declare Christ. We must deny self and declare Christ. The, the focal point of today's message is are we self-centered or are we God-centered? Deny self. Declare Jesus. If you would, turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps uh, to the uh, book of Numbers, chapter 13. Uh, Numbers is the fourth book of the Bible located in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, chapter 13. We're going to stay there for quite a bit. And we're going to read a story. And to bring us up to speed on that story, I'll just kind of do quick cliff notes. 
um, God has delivered the, the Israelites from Egypt. And if I can pause right there, I, I thought about doing a trick question, but then I opted against it. Okay, I, I opted against it because I, I didn't want to be mean. But I wanted to give like a multiple choice and say, who delivered the Israelites from Egypt? Was it A, Moses, B, Noah, or C, other? And, and I didn't do that because it would have been trick and, and that would have been mean. But it's, it's C, other. God delivered the Israelites from Egypt, not Moses. Even though we look at him as he was a point person, right? He was the leader God chose. But it was God who did this work. It was God who provided. So he brought them out of Egypt. And now they're on the edge of the promised land. And Moses wants to know what's going on. He wants to know what they're up to. So he he assembles some guys, draws up a mission, and puts this mission into action. And that's where we're at at Numbers 13, 1 through 2. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, so there were 12 tribes of Israel, so from each of these 12 tribes, you shall send a man, everyone, a chief among them. Like everyone, like the the baddest dude, like the studliest guy, the best of the best. The Navy SEALs, of each tribe. Verse 6. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, was selected. Verse 8. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun, was chosen. I I skipped a lot of other verses about the other ten guys that were chosen um, because we ain't going to focus on them. You know, we'll focus on them a little, but we just wanted to highlight uh, Caleb and Joshua. So verse 16, these were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hosea, the son of Nun, he called him Joshua. So that's who Hosea is. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, okay, let's pause for a second. I want us to pay attention to the marching orders he gives. I want us to pay attention to the instructions that Moses gives to these scouts, okay? So for their recon mission, these are the instructions. I want you to go up to the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be Of what? Be of good courage and bring some of the fruits of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. The instructions he gave them were simple. Gather data. Gather information. Come back. Report the information, right? I mean, it it is cut and dry. He even listed out whether it's this or this, this or this, this or that, whether there's trees. I I find that interesting. Trees are important. Come back and report that. Okay, so let's jump to verse 25. At the end of the 40 days, so they're 
mission was for 40 days. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell up in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. By the way, the descendants of Anak, he's, like, he's saying, we saw giants. He said, we didn't just... You know, see people, we, we saw giants. So that's a pretty good job of information gathering. That's a pretty good job of assessing the information, of looking, observing, writing it down, taking notes, and reporting back. The recon mission was a success. If it wasn't for one word. If it wasn't for one word that skewed everything else they said. You guys know what that one word is? However, however, however is defined as this, an adverb used to introduce a statement that contrasts with or seems to contradict something that has been previously said. However, baby, I think you look beautiful. However, your hair's not working today. Or, or, or better yet, Baby, I think you look beautiful. I love your shirt and your earrings and this and that and this and that and your makeup and your eyes, all your eyes. However, but, everything we say before but and before however, you can just throw it out the window. A lot of times people use however and but to really say what they want to say. And we definitely see this with 10 of these spies at this time. Yeah, the land is milk and honey. Yeah, great, great, great. However, we do the same thing a lot of times. We'll we'll give the Lord those buts. Lord, I'm all yours. I'm all in, Lord. I'm all yours. However, not on Sundays. However, you can't use my personality. Whatever the the limitations are, we do the same thing. We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So let's, I want to read that to you. I'm not going to put this scripture up here. I'm going, to just, I'm going to remove the word however. And I want you to hear how different this sounds. They told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. The people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Man, it reads completely different once you take away the word however. It reads, our story reads completely different when we take out 
our insertion of our analysis to the situation. They weren't called to analyze the situation. They weren't called to render a, a verdict. Now, they were, they were uh, overachievers, all of them, overachievers. So on the way back after 40 days, man, they're ready to not just report, but they've analyzed and they've rendered decisions, different decisions. There's, no, there's not unity among them. And we do the same thing. We render a decision without first saying, Lord, what are your thoughts on the matter? Information gathered and reported, plain and simple. So what's the problem? The problem is they saw obstacles instead of opportunities. They saw obstacles instead of opportunities. They, they saw strong fortified cities and large people without remembering the promise of God and focusing on God and saying God is bigger. If this is what God has promised us, then, then he will be faithful. The problem is they were afraid of a fight. I often wonder, did, did 10 of these 12, did they, I mean, Moses gave them instructions and said, I want to know about the people. I want to know about, you know, if it's a stronghold, if it's a camp, I want to know the sizes, I want to know. Did they think there'd be no people? Did they think there'd be no fight? Did they think they'd just walk in and just lay claim to this land without being willing to fight for it? That's what I believe. And so the people, the encampments, the the size of them, those were obstacles. The promised land had to be taken. Friends, do you think you're going to enter into the promises of God without a fight? Do you think you're going to grab a hold of the promises of God without being willing to stand and fight and link arms with him and say we have an enemy and that enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy and I'm going to stand and I'm willing to fight for the promises of God? Are we willing to fight for our marriages? Are we? Or do we think it just happens? Oh, we had the wed- we had the wedding. Good marriage follows. Good marriages are because we're willing to fight for them. Are we willing to fight for our children? Do we understand the crap that's thrown their way? The garbage that's thrown at our kids? Are we willing to fight and to filter through these things and to kick things out of our house? And to fight for our children. If we want the promises of God, we have to be willing to fight. There's promise, but we've got to take the land. We've got to contend for those things that God has for us. We don't just sit there and, okay, Lord, I'll just, I'll just receive it. Because the enemy doesn't want you to have that goodness. And he's going to do all he can to prevent us from having good marriages, strong marriages, flourishing and passionate marriages. He's going to do all he can to steal, kill, and destroy our homes and our children. Here's the key. God has to be the hero of this story and not you and not me.
and not Moses. Moses isn't the stinking hero of the story. God is. Moses is just the man God used to lead and inspire and gather and pray and contend for these stupid, rebellious people. We're not going to go there, but soon, soon thereafter, they're like, oh, let's go home. You brought us out of Egypt to die out here. You're a horrible leader, Moses. You brought us up here to tease us with promise. And guess what? There's giants. But God called Moses to hit his knees and to pray for those people and to contend for the goodness of God. Psalm 37, 25 says this. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. The two verses before that says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hands. We all stumble. David writing this. You notice that David doesn't say, all my life it's been easy. All my life it's been hunky-dory. All my life, I've followed the Lord and it's just been easy. But David does say this. All my days, I was young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God bail on somebody. Friends, there's times that we may feel like we're alone. There's times we may feel abandoned. But we're not abandoned. Our feelings don't get to call the shots. And our circumstances don't get to call the shots. And what we see doesn't get to dictate our future. Giants and encampments and they're here and they're there and they're over there and they're in the hills and by the ocean and then we have nowhere to go. I want you to hear, we've heard the report of the ten, but now I want us to hear the report of the two, of Joshua and Caleb. What do they conclude? Verse 30. That after this report, people were murmuring and complaining, ah, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Shh. Hey, hey. Let us go at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. Let's go now. Let's take the land. We are able to conquer all who will stand against us. Why? Because they're not standing against us. They're trying to stand against God and they don't have a chance. What is our perspective? What do we see? Giants or the one who is bigger than all? Are we getting this? Are we self-focused or God-focused? And that's the question. And I know, I know that's an ugly word. Can we just all say it together? Self-centered. Can we personalize it? I'm often self-centered. I, Kim said it. What about the rest of you jokers? <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Let, let's say it. I'm often self-centered. 
I desire to be God-centered. I'm often self-centered. I'm saying it. I'm saying it here with you. I'm often self-focused. I'm often, I see the obstacles. I, I often see the giants. Uh, I was talking with uh, the Andres before service. Um, and, and David and Vicky just asked me, how are you doing? Simple question, right? How are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing good now. But man, I, I had some moments this week. And I shared, there was like a 70-minute stretch, maybe 75-minute stretch. It was less than an hour and a half. I got hit by this and this and this and this. There were four things, phone calls, emails, and, and the enemy landed some punches. He did. And then I couldn't shake it. I'd like to sit up here and stand before you and say, I shook it off within the hour. I, I didn't. In fact, I woke up the next day with the same heaviness. And then I shook it. I gained some victory. Thursday was pretty good, and then Friday it hit me again. Some of it was personal, some of it was family, some of it was church, but it was just, I felt like this barrage, like, oh my gosh. I, even to the point I'm like, in 70 minutes, I got all these things. And it took me several days. And the one thing that, that, that caused the tide to turn was when I stopped looking at those four things. When I stopped looking at the email, when I stopped looking at the effects, one of the things was um, one of our kids got in an auto accident, borrowed our vehicle, I borrowed the expedition, got in an accident. So I'm like, there's insurance. I got to talk to this insurance and this and that. And, this. and I'm like, you know what? You do what you got to do. But Lord, you're my provider. Lord, you're my source. Lord, thank you. And I started praising him. Lord, I thank you that my son is okay. Lord, I thank you that everyone involved is okay. Lord, and I just started giving him praise. I'm like, you know what? I hardly even drive that thing anyway. At least it wasn't my Mustang. At least it wasn't my Mustang. Jesus! Let's go right now and let's take the land. Numbers 13, verse 31. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. There's Caleb just delivering this word of faith. We're able to take the land. Let's go now. We're not able to go. There's always going to be the voices that come against faith and say, you're not able to do it. We're not able to go against the people for they're stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land they had spied out, saying, the land through which we had gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. It devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Exaggerate much? Really, everybody. Everybody is of great height. Really? That's what we do though, right? Right? We make it bigger instead of making God bigger. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them too. And this, my friends, is our battle. And we seemed to ourselves small. And we seemed to ourselves defeated. And we seemed to ourselves hopeless. 
And we seemed to ourselves without the answer, without the solution. That's, that's walking a life that is self-focused, self-centered. And we all do it, and it's tough. And it takes intentionality, and it takes faith, and it takes declaration. On our own, our ability to properly analyze and effectively game plan is precarious at best. Our strength is temporal at best. Our best is it's a coin toss. Call it. Oh, miss on that one. Call it. But that's too often that's how we're living our lives, you guys. And so then what what, what happens? We find ourselves being self focused and then we're like, God, where are you? God, I'm trying to hear from you. I can't hear you. Tell me, what do you tell me how well you hear the Lord in, in this little diatribe? Uh, Mark's Mark's bills, Mark's car, Mark's dealing with the insurance, Mark's fantasy football team, Mark's injured running backs, Mark's increase in this one bill, Mark's weariness, Mark's difficulties, Mark's bum knee. Mark, how how do you hear the Lord in that? But now sub out Mark with your things. We're so consumed with hearing about all these things that are real and tangible and valid, but they're not bigger than God. Am I the only one? The times I can't hear from the Lord is because I'm so focused on self that, I, that there's no clarity where I could hear from the Lord. But when I set my gaze on him, God's glory, God's faithfulness, God's dependability has never failed me. God's love, he loves me. He's got me. He, I'm precious to him. God's grace. Sometimes I'm a screw up, but, but God's grace is bigger than my flaws. God's forgiveness, I run to him. In that situation, in that setting, that's the place where we can hear from the Lord. We're already focused on him. And he's like, oh, and, and don't forget my promise. I told you before that I would take you through this. I'm going to. Will you trust me? Will you walk with me? Will you stay with me? You guys, our lives, they're either going to be lived God-centered or self-centered. And when we see giants, we're either going to cower and accept defeat and persuade others to follow us in that defeat. Or we're going to stand secure and raise our weapons and say, Lord, I'm going to fight with spiritual weapons. I'm going to fight with those things that you've given me to stand on your word. And you're going to bring about the victory because you're the hero in this story. Not my strength, not my endurance, not my skills. When we see 
giants, what are we going to do? So can we show that comparison graphic? Okay, actually, can everyone look at me real quick? Take it off, take it off. Just kill it. Take it off, take it off. Okay. This is not... um, I don't want you to look at this and, and then start measuring up. I don't want you to look at this and start saying, oh, I don't measure up there, I don't measure up there, fail, 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 pass maybe, kind of pass. I don't want you to do that. This is something for us to dialogue with the Lord about and to strive in, okay? This is not, okay, so let's go back to the graphic. Self-centered, life focused on self. God-centered, life focused on God. Self-centered, confidence is in self. God-centered, confidence is in God. This isn't rocket science. Self-centered, proud of self and accomplishments. Self-centered, humble before God. Self-centered, dependent on self and own abilities. God-centered, dependent on God's abilities and provision. I mean, as we go through these, we can look at some of them and say, well, that one's not so bad. That's yeah, I mean, I, shouldn't I be proud of my accomplishments? Yes, but I'm not talking about just like, like nickel and diamond and like cherry picking these. I'm talking about the totality of is our life focused on self or is our life focused on God? And if, and if we see that, man, it feels like right now, in this season, right in this moment, I'm focused on self and just dialogue out with the Lord. Psalm 27 says this. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we shall trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in the things of this world. Some trust in the military might of this world. Some trust in the technology of this world. You know, insert your, your, your analogy however you want, you know, for chariots. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Horses, once again, we trust in our own strength. We, tr- we, we trust in Mother Nature. We trust in whatever. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We will trust in the character of our Lord God. We will trust in the faithfulness of our Lord God. What does his name represent? His goodness, his faithfulness truth. All right, we're, we're going to, I'm landing here and we're going to do an exercise, kind of a test. This was not a trick question. This is not a trick test. I think all of y'all are going to pass. I know all of y'all are going to pass because you're brilliant in addition to being beautiful, handsome, talented. So we're going to lay, I'm going to read Two verses and then we're going to pause and then I'm going to read two more. And we're going to slap a label on those two verses, either self-centered or God-centered, okay? And they're, they're both found as part of this story. Two verses, we're going to identify it. You don't have to call out your answer. You can, you can keep it like tucked away. It's only going to be two answers. You, yeah, we're good. Self-centered or God-centered. So Numbers 13, 31. And then I want to read the very next verse, which is Numbers 14, 1. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. Okay, don't blurt out your answer. No cheating, but give an answer. Is that self-centered or God-centered? 
Next two verses. Numbers 14, 8 and 9. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. For they are bread for us. Nom, 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 nom. We're going to eat them up. We're going to devour them. They're toast. Because remember, earlier, the negative voices said, we'll be devoured. This is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all of a sudden, Joshua and Caleb are saying, they're bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Label this one. Self-focused or God-focused. All 12 spies went together to scout the same land. They saw the same things. The same land, the same fruit, the same people, the same encampments, the same milk, the same honey, the same trees. But two of them remembered the promises of God and saw this this land through the promise of God, through the bigness of God, without fear. Ten of them saw it through their own limitations, through their own abilities, and their abilities didn't measure up. They didn't measure up. And there's the rub. The enemy is constantly throwing in our face, you don't measure up. That's a lie. It is a lie. When we are God-focused, when we set our hearts to this place of being God-focused and God-centered, we hear from God. We hear through the voice of the Holy Spirit, hey, let me remind you, because Jesus raved about the Holy Spirit and said, he'll, he'll remind you of all things. He'll remind you of all things. Everything I've said, every promise I've made. So when we're focused on God, the Holy Spirit says, hey, remember when he said this, he's going to carry you through. Hey, remember when he said this? Remember what his word says. Remember that passage? It's your favorite passage in the Bible. Remember it. Do you believe it? Then stand on it. We have to die to fear. We have to die to worry. We have to die to facts. We have to die to our limited ability. We can't put any trust in those things to be our Savior, only Christ. And we have to trust the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. There's a really cool verse in John 12, 24. It says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Dying to self is tough. 
and it's not a one-time thing. You might crush it later today. You, you might tuck aside. You might be crushing it right now. Right now, you're like, I am dying to self. I am setting my eyes on you. And then an hour from now, you might get two phone calls, an email, a text message, a flat tire, a whatever. And it throws you off your game. And that's okay. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I was young, now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. We will not be forsaken by our awesome God. He is the hero of the story. He is the one that needs to be focused upon. He is the one that needs to be praised and exalted and, and, and ruminated on. Lord, you're good. You're so good. We thank you that when we're weak, you are strong. And we thank you that you never told us to be strong all the time. You just told us to be strong in you and in your might. So, Lord, we set our eyes on you right now. And as an act of our will, we, we, we choose not to look at the circumstance. That thing's right in front of us, Lord. It's right in front of us and it's painful and it's loud and it's begging for my attention. And I, I, I want to fix it so bad. I want to fix it so bad, Lord. It needs to be fixed. But I choose to let you be the fixer, Lord. I choose to let you be the savior. Lord, I choose to let you be the hero and I step out of the way because I, I don't know that both of us can be the hero in this. I'm pretty sure we can't. And so I want you to be the hero. Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I'm loving this series, by the way. I hope you guys are loving it too. Here's, here's what, what I'd like. Um, our first week back, I want to say it's November 4th, 5th, whatever the Sunday is. I think it's the 5th. Someone can, is it the 5th? Thank you. Um, before, before the preach, oh, Kara's preaching. So I'm impeding on your time. Should we wait till the next week? So it's my time? Okay. Prepare, prepare thyself to share like testimonies of what, what you've been getting out of this series, what you're getting out of the study. You know, those of you that have the books, um, by the way, uh, Stephanie, can you, can you lift the books there in the back? We got more books. If you need one, grab one. Okay. Um, it's an incredible study, but let's encourage one another with testimony of just what the Lord is doing in this. Okay. All right. Anything, babe? Sabbath Sunday. Don't come here next week. We ain't having church and don't go somewhere else. Invite the Lord into your rest and worship and rest wonderfully with him. I'll leave us with this blessing. Then we're going to move chairs, set up tables, tablecloths, and do the chili thing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Love you guys.